I've, I've lost I've lost my headphones. Um, do, do I sound okay, or do I sound like a, I'm in a box? You need five minutes to find it, man. Feel yeah, free cool. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No stress. Sweet. Cool. Fucking amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to I Might Be Wrong, a podcast about music hosted by myself, Rich Newham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. Welcome back. We are back with another episode. I am, as always, joined by my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon. Hello. And this week, we have another guest. So, from the Long Snap podcast again, uh, we heard from Adam previously around REM. This week, we've got Craig Emmons. What's happening, gents? How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Great. So, I mean, you're obviously very annoyed at me for bringing Adam on before you. It had to, to be. be honest, it's, it's more about the, the it's more about the invite, bro. Obviously, I should be the first. <laughs> I'm first name on the team sheet. Now that's happened, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he invited me on Long Snapper to start with, so I kind of had to had to do that in return. And he likes to talk, so you know, it's always good to have one. Yeah, so we we had a chat before this, and you threw out a bunch of potential names, but we've only got time for for one podcast to start with, so I think we'll probably end up having you back on again uh, in the future. But who have you picked for us this week? So after much deliberation, we said, and, and to, in fact, before we say that, it is a really weird thing. I can't remember exactly what the message was, but it's a really weird thing to be like, who's your favorite artist or if you could pick one album pick an album like that that blew my mind having to spend a bit of time it's like what on earth like, well, how did leave, the world I start did it with uh we want you to come on the podcast who are you going to pick i was like pick an artist if you could only listen to a couple of albums what would you pick it's just it's just a crazy question to ask and you start off sort of thinking about your favorites and uh and then you don't want to be too commercial or too sort of you want it to be a bit new for someone. It was a very, very challenging thing to do with to, to do initially. But yeah, so we settled on we settled on a Grime MC Kano, which is cool. good because I <clears throat> didn't really I knew the name, but I didn't know any of his stuff before you uh, before you said that's who you wanted to cover. And Henry, I don't know about you. So so I, I knew the name and the only kind of music of that style I I know and listened to was um was Mike Skinner did um original pirate pirate material and that was a kind of London style rap hip hop kind of a bit of everything really it was a bit of a bit of a mix and I so I heard of Kano but I thought he was your kind of 100% grime artist and I listened to a bit of grime and it's so in your face that I was like wow I kind of slightly (laughs) it's it's just too much yeah it's it's so full on so I can I put Kano in a box with all of those other grime artists. And I think you're probably going to tell us he's a little bit different to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Even to, to describe where to start is, 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 is hard. In fact, before we do rich, just tell you said that you listened to the, 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 so you listened to two albums. You said to me if yep. you could, to, to pick an album, what would it be for Kano? And I said to you to listen to home sweet home and made in the manner. And then, try and consume whatever you can after that um what 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 did you think of those two albums particularly yeah it's really interesting for me because 
I'm sort of like Henry. I'd not heard. I'd heard bits of grime, but struggled a bit to get into it because the stuff that I had heard felt a little bit like East London trying to do LA gangster rap. And I don't love gangster rap. I like a lot of other styles of, of hip hop. I love. So my, my grounding in hip hop is artists like a tribe called quest so i like that old school more chilled out melodic jazzy sound yeah yeah exactly j5 yeah yeah, exactly that that kind of stuff the gangster rap for me is like there's a lot of bragging and very in your face i don't (laughs) mind so much and that i think is one of the things that came out of so i listened to the two albums in order so home sweet home being his debut i'd listened to that first and one of the things that really struck me about it was the fact that it, yeah, it was very in your face and very aggressive from a lyrical delivery perspective, if that makes sense. I can't say spitting rhymes because it sounds... <laughs> <laughs> Never say that again. <laughs> right? I can't, I, can't, I can't say that shit. So that, that kind of aggressive, high-tempo delivery... Is the thing that strikes you first, but the the immediate thing behind that was the incredible variety of musical styles that he's using across that album, and that was the thing that I really that hooked me in massively. So you've got things like Mike Check One Two is very trip hoppy, and I love I love my trip hop, drum and bass on Reload It, and then you've even got like heavy almost emo rock guitars on Typical Me, and there's just all this, and I think if I'd heard this stuff back when this was released i'd have been much more open-minded about about that style and about that kind of stuff but just wasn't because i know that it was a played in certain circles very heavily but i was so far i mean what was that 2005 that that came out i think probably 04 and a lot of the songs on that album were old by the time the album dropped right it was unusual to get a studio album for a grime artist at that time which is crazy to think about now when you've got artists like Stormzy who are, who are legit megastars considering what you two have just said the real key about Kano and almost grime music is sort of that early stage between the end of 2000 up to about 2004 2005 there wasn't grime grime is a new thing so you had UK garage Mm-hmm. and you had uk hip-hop and there there was no grime so garage and that was i, I would say my era getting mm-hmm. into music independently something that i felt a part of a culture a scene i felt a part of everyone was an mc everyone was a dj everyone had friends or whatever so so garage was all high tempo and and it was energy and it was a it was vibes basically it was the scene the music made you dance that's what garage was about it was about having fun and seeing your people and, and getting drunk and 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 listening to someone keep you going it you know it comes from general historic black music raga you used to have people toasting like somebody on the mic just talking really but there was no lyrics per se it was a lot of like sounds and words there were lyrics but you you hear someone say mana mana mic it's not words it's just rhyming stuff and keeping the the tempo and it yeah, you know yeah. at the time i loved it and then you had sort of more underground hip-hop which was heavily influenced by the us mm-hmm. but there was all lyrical guys like skinny man Klashnikov, who were all bars yeah proper intricate lyrics but very it still felt like if it wasn't new york boom bap type rap it was west coast melodic type rap Mm -hmm. but but it wasn't really 
UK. And right. so you had these guys, a few guys, the big ones are uh, sort of, you know, Dizzy Rascal, Wiley. In fact, before them, uh, and it is important, before them you had people like So Solid and Heartless Crew, like almost the first MCs, popular MCs, to actually say stuff. So you right. had these lyrics, but you had people actually talking about experiences and, and commentary <clears throat> and obviously you got a lot of that so you hear the drugs and the money and the whatever do you have particular tracks that you'd pull out in terms of so go back and listen go back and listen to the my one of my favorites who wasn't popular at the time is oxide and neutrino if you go and listen to their first album there so you everyone will know them from um what was the big popular one you will know google it it it's the, whatever that song is 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 like a is a pop version of Garage. Whereas they did release the album and then you had so much more. It was one of the first Garage albums. St- again, a, a unusual to get a studio album, but they actually had lyrics on there. So you had sort of these artists, Heartless and So Solid particularly, and then you had this uh, underground movement. People like Dizzy and Wiley, and Wiley's credited with starting grime music, which basically. He called it Eskimo Beats. So go and listen to Wiley's first album. And the real trick, the real difficulty about these first albums is you can really hear this scene going through an identity crisis uh-huh, because right. it can't, there's no money in it, bearing in mind, yeah? There's no money. So these guys have been... Grime was, is a competition. It took a lot from hip-hop in terms of you go in there to spit and you're literally... It's aggressive because I'm going to... Nine times out of ten, I'm going to spit bars that are disrespectful to you and you're going to do the same to me. Uh, but it's a contest. It's who's going to rhyme. So you had this period of time. Like, Kano, it's funny listening back to that first album. I love that first album. But if you listen to it as an album, it's all over the flipping place. <laughs> it's actually, you don't know what type of music you're getting. It's very, very well influenced. But it's like hard to... And there was this real battle between uk hip-hop and grime at the time and people didn't see the money in grime because it was associated with the raves and the, maybe the criminality and the getting shut down and da 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 so it was a real difficult time for for grime so if you were if you were to describe grime as a genre what could people expect to hear if they're listening to grime is it is it more akin to that kind of us hip-hop scene is it more like garrett it's grown from garage like how would you describe it so i definitely for me grime is uk hip-hop i i never felt as a, a hip-hop fan i never felt we had true uk hip-hop i always felt we was doing american hip-hop whereas grime for me is a very authentic music scene i mm-hmm. kind of liken it to i mean i, I wasn't never that but if I talk to people, maybe you indie guys and people who experience like the punk movement, it was something really more than you. Because the thing about grime and the reason it's really difficult to make a grime album is because grime weren't really about the songs. Grime was about you find a sick beat and you find a sick MC. And them two things didn't happen together. There wasn't in the process. You had a sick beat with a dope drop and you had an MC who was going to hype up the crowd. So the lyrics and the music didn't really come together. It was all about who's going to be able to ride this rhythm and ride that rhythm and have a different flow and different. So so Grime itself was a, the birth of it was a lot about going to the to be in there, <clears throat> feeling it, being part of it. Like if you hear people who are from you watch there's a there's a, a show called Boiler Room. A guy called Poet mm-hmm. does it. And if anyone you insta you can insta a poet, he's a real 
Grime fan and it's funny when you talk about it because he gets so defensive about Grime like he owns it but if you experienced <laughs> like the birth of it and how you had to protect it and how there was a time like I say there was a, a Grime artist every this guy called Chipmunk popular guy Wiley everyone mm-hmm. who had had to come out of Grime to make money there was no money in Grime Dizzy was the first one really I mean, if you're going to listen to Grime, you have to go and listen to Boy in the Corner, which is yeah. Dizzy's yeah. first studio album. And that's probably still to this day, maybe the most perfect Grime album in in terms of you getting proper Grime throughout. But then saying that, my argument would maybe be Kano's Made in the Manor. That is, for me, one of the most perfect albums. Certainly of the, I think it came out 2018 as the album of the year for me. Right. Arguably of the decade. I mean, it's just a, it is such a, finished piece of work where you've got if you listen to home sweet home you've, you've got like i say you've got almost a, a melee trying to trying to please too many people trying to almost find yourself where you've got this adult precise piece of work in made in a manner I, I think the thing that i noticed more than anything because i i've listened to a, quite a lot of american hip-hop before so you kind of you black delicious and your jurassic five is kind of stuck in my cd collection and the delivery is what got me into them. And Kano does the same thing with, with this. His delivery is amazing. And he, he kind of morphs between, he's a bit like a chameleon and he drifts into kind of that hip hop style, but then he goes into the grime style. He can, he can shift between the two quite well. It's funny you say that because the, the thing about, and so to be clear, like when I was growing up, Kano wasn't my favorite MC. My favorite MC was probably, probably Bashy, who was from West London, which is where I'm from. And probably Wiley because he was so popular. Bear in mind, a lot of this time you couldn't like getting their music was hard. So you had to be on the radio and put a tape in and press record or you had to go to the raves. Like that was pretty much somebody might you might go to the market and there might be a few CDs, but that weren't common. And so getting his music was hard. And he's from he's from this crew called Nasty Crew. And there's a few MCs in there um, who were all who were all sick. But if you ask an MC today who their favorite mc is they will tell you it's kano kano is like the paul skulls of grime <laughs> <laughs> probably underappreciated at his time didn't realize how, you realize is turn you turn around you realize he had three careers like kano i went to a kano um concert uh first weekend of february kano's my age i think he's probably a year or two like i say very same era it was it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And I've, I've been to see Nas. I've seen Jay-Z. I've seen Kanye. I've seen Dave. I've seen Anderson. Pat Kane is one of the best. And in turn, what I was saying about Garage, talked about his versatility. What you get from Kano is just pure energy. There's, mm-hmm. He's got such, I mean, lyrically, I mean, we should talk about that at some point. But one of the key things about Grime is about the energy you bring. How are you going to make you got to make not only everyone get hype, but a bag of man get hype. Loads mm-hmm. of guys who do not want to be jumping and singing and stuff. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm not a fan, but you go there and everyone is just on a wave with you. It's difficult to describe it if you've not experienced it. Like I say, maybe that sort of, I, I think punk is a very similar type of sort of mm-hmm. journey. And it, it did it. It was very counterculture. And it is a young man's game, which is another thing that's crazy for Kano. Because you've got you've got drill artists now and the, the grime sound is, is really developed. But again, you ask any pro, he's, he's uh, your favourite MC's favourite MC. He is, he is the best. It's really interesting hearing you talk about the way that the way that scene was, because it feels similar to the 
early 90s rave scene which i was too young to be part of but i i like a lot of the music that comes out of it we talked a bit about it with the prodigy a lot of that music comes from djs creating on the fly at a rave and unless you were at the rave you didn't hear it because Mm. no one's recording it and they're not recording it in their bedrooms apart from you know some of the like like the prodigy where they're actually they've got some ability to lay some of that down and and it's the same thing if you can't you can get hold of bits and pieces and and it's interesting you talking about the fact that 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 first album is more of a kind of amalgamation of a lot of the stuff that he's worked on because that is something that I really like but it's interesting because left field's leftism was the same and they talk about not liking the fact that it's a bit all over the place but for me I love that variety on an album and not getting stuck in in one place it is, it's definitely a positive and it shows Kano's versatility. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things, one of the, I think you mentioned Mike Skinner. I mean, Kano's done loads with the streets and he has, he was one of the, um, it's a weird thing in it because there's obviously plenty of, the thing about grime, it was really inclusive. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, even though it's obviously predominantly black, if you understood the culture, if you respected the culture, if you were willing to throw yourself into the culture, then, then that those, those lines were certainly not there. So what you hear in a lot of his music is this very, very sort of Cockney East London flow and style, which was popular at the time because he's from East, he's from Plasto, uh, which there was a a load of them who were from East at that time. But he's he's got that, he's got that Cockney, almost talked to that type of person. He's got the aggressive spit bars destroy a man he's also got you know the, the rhythm and the flows you, you talked about the 90s racing that's one of the reasons i believe that grime is what it was because you, a lot of those guys who are let's say in that 35 to 40 age range they experienced it with drum and bass so before garage was drum and bass and you had the that was it that was a racing high tempo pure energy everyone get on it have fun might have someone just spitting no lyrics but just going as fast as they can and you then had this garage and then and then eventually you had this what turned out to, to be grime so you can you can really hear how he's been influenced a lot of reggae a lot of drum and bass a lot of hip-hop uh, but for me on the album particularly when you go back and you look at what uh, made in a manner which has a lot of the it's got i think it's got your man on there in it david albarn which i think you said you were surprised mm-hmm. to hear him on it he's got the very garage flow and garage skank uh, and my sound he's got the proper hard grime with gigs and wiley and free wheel ups which is what you know that's that was an anthem that's huge you the, mm-hmm. any every single rave every single rave not even just grime if it's a if it's got any hint of urban black music in it that song will go and it will shut the place down it just felt so much more precise like uh, the way i can describe it it's, you know when you turn 30 and you you realize you're the man like when you you just get your confidence <laughs> but you just you're not trying to please anyone anymore back then he was all trying to make money and i can't stress this enough it's all well and good we see people like Stormzy, like Dizzy Rascal, like Wiley, who have all made millions. These guys, like, uh, they, there was no money. You bet £200 for a show at mm-hmm. best. And if you went to a show, bear in mind, because of the, I don't know, the culture element, that you basically you didn't roll alone in it. So you had 30 men with you. So any money was not getting shared anywhere. So there's no money in it. It's all about the music, the experience of it, and therefore, mm-hmm. when you want to do it, properly maybe having to make decisions about i'm not long no longer have been doing some of the other things i was doing some of the other ways i was making money it was a difficult avenue so you had that period 2004 to 2008 where 
these artists made ridiculously dead tunes just to make money. But Kano didn't. If you, right. He did. He actually didn't. Go back and look at Spotify. He didn't make no few sing-alongs, obviously, a few for the girls and that, but no dead dead tunes. Wiley made wearing my Rolex, which is the work. Like I, I can't stand that song for some. <laughs> and I'm a huge Wiley fan. Even Stormzy, half of Stormzy's music is pop. You won't hear it in my house. But Kano never, never, he never had to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at, at Made in the Manor as an album, one thing that one thing i mean you've already talked about this that there's more there's a lot more maturity there's a there's more of a complete work of of art there and it feels like there's threads that work the way through there's a lot more talking about his journey and his his career and it's interesting because there's i can't remember which song it is but there's one track on there that is about talking about the fact that kids don't dance to music anymore and all this kind of stuff and it's really interesting hearing a man who's it's a little bit like fucking kids these days and what he's talking about where where garage was in it like that was one of the things he's talking about and how it was such a a hype thing you wanted to go out and get have fun and dance with your people and that i think one of the the, the, the rule one of the things about that made in a man album as well is you 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 get somebody who's doing a lot of reflecting so you hear there's one bit there's a tune on there called strangers about how he hasn't spoke to somebody he saw them out they they were so so close and how things have happened they don't even remember why they're talking anymore and he's describing it in in the backdrop of of london particularly and it's like this is this how was it when i was 15 and you was speaking to everything that i understood then and now i'm 35 and you're speaking to Mm-hmm. I'm not 35. I'm 33. <laughs> Speak of it, <laughs> I am now. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, he's, yeah. And I, I mean, did would you listen to it, Henry? Would you listen to it? Like I now did. you've heard I it. I did. Yeah. I did. So, but and 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 this is the bit that surprised me. It's because I I just I post I pigeonholed him so much into that kind of that full on grime sound where everyone's kind of shouting over a microphone. But but there's much more to it than that. Um, I I listen to I listen to Home Sweet Home first, then I listened to Made in the Man, and then I went back to Home Sweet Home because I really liked it, so I went through it again. And yeah, I think I think I really would. Do you notice how big is the difference between his live music and what he got recorded? Is it a completely different experience or? Hundred percent. He's a precise performer. So one of the things a, a, a benchmark for me is how good does it sound like. Yeah. audibly when I go there how good do you sound in comparison to everything that I've got you on his breath controls great like for an MC there's nothing worse than hearing all their shit on mute on Spotify and whatever in a sit you go there and they're knackered after 30 seconds they've got no energy they can't keep up with their own set list like that stuff really, really kills a performance particularly if you're MCing but with Kano I mean, I don't really know. Like I say, the only I can only other the only other artist I've seen which is anything like it is a crew called Heartless Crew, and they like they they were my favourites actually. They you would go to a Heartless rave, you'd hear their stuff like, and the, on the music was it was all. In fact, if anything, recording was the difficulty for them because everything was about the experience, everything was about vibes. That was it, just pure vibes. And so they're almost their almost their lyrics were designed 
to to get you bubbling do you know what i mean it all had like a uh, had a cadence to kind of get you jumping and sing along and stuff but with lyrics but it was all about pure energy somebody mm-hmm. you it's a trade isn't it like if mm-hmm. you give me everything i'm gonna give you everything and you go to a heartless rave and you you'll go home your legs hurt you had the best time and kano very much and it's hard like i said can't stress enough it's not i don't think it's easy to do that in 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 2020 i went to see him two months ago and you got people like me who long time kano fans and maybe got a more of a cultural understanding of what he's done and where he's brought the music but there's also pure young white dudes who just love him because they know what and do you know what that's one of the best things about grime in general and this type of music like when i was at university my music world definitely diversified right i i didn't i don't have no experience of rock and stuff but who came out was that uh, sex sex on fire group they were huge they were huge at the time i was at university and there was another i think killers is it mr Brightside? there was like this I went to like obviously like the Wednesday or whatever at uni after I played for the football team and that was the night everyone went out and that they had somebody come. It weren't no actual killers or whatever, but someone do bare covers and the place was a shutdown. And now it's not necessarily my type of music, but what it reminded me very much of was like a grime rave in that it was just the energy that was associated. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like this, this it is not an easy thing to do to be on your own as an artist one guy with a microphone okay he had some production value there was a small band there but three hours everyone just waiting for you to do that next hit as well tune and he was able to do music from 2019 and music from 2000 so a 20 span and everyone knew every word everyone was hyped crazy I i think that's one of the big things about live music generally is if you're someone that enjoys live music there's there's definitely something out there for you no matter what but it's that energy and and what you talk about there like i've never been to a grime rave but i know exactly the feeling that you're talking about because i've been to i remember seeing left left field's a great example so left field leftism they played the whole album in in one 90 minute stretch at the brixton academy and I was absolutely shattered and drenched in sweat at the end of that gig because I'd just been dancing constantly. Mm. And there's so much energy exactly. coming from them, and so much energy coming from the crowd. And I can totally understand why there would be bands out there. And I've seen bands like this where you see them live and they're just something else and just, just unreal, particularly at festivals. You see a band that you don't really know and you come away and you're like, holy crap, that was incredible. And then you're like, right, I need to go and listen to them when I get home. And you go and listen to them when you get home. And they're like, nope, <laughs> <completely> flat. Because, <laughs> because they feed off the energy yeah. of the crowd so much that when they're sat in a studio without that energy, they, they can't get up for it. It's like playing a football match in front of, I guess, like 70,000 people versus playing behind closed doors. Like, yeah. There's just this difference in energy. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I think while Kano does, have, like I say, for, for, for vibes and energy, he is the best. He's the best. There's another guy, actually, if you want energy, go and watch um, YouTube and go and watch a guy called Ghetto. He's on this. He's on the, both albums, actually. And that guy, geez, you, I mean, mad. But either way, as well as that, what he is, is technically he's brilliant. And I kind of want, let's not forget how good. Thank you. Uh, he is technically 
Misses, yep. It's this Sunday. <laughs> it's say, you didn't even have to ask this time. No, didn't even have to ask. She's learning. That's, uh, that's an inside joke there, Henry. I'll explain to you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's some humour in it. One of his lyrics, when I was listening to it, he um he said, if it's a good flow, it must be Kane. Yeah, yeah. And left it like, it's like, ah, oh, he, that's, he's, he's, he's so, so many clever lines, which are just, just simple. Um so, so what he's got is as well as like, so he's got one of the things in that P's and Q's uh, on Home Sweet Home. Uh, he says, uh, I haven't got, so in rapping, uh, if you set up, like you do red and then dead, it's like the punchline, right? It's the bit that links it together. And bear in mind, and this is for for people who don't, this is, this this if, if you if you understand, it sounds simple, but back then, structure and songwriting one you just had to have hard 16 bars there was no structure and songwriting and then that p's and q's he's he's got this beautiful balance between being a true mc so it's like, like I, I don't have punchlines i've got kick lines and <laughs> but he's got this brilliant balance between being a proper barer a lyricist you could put him at any any rave and clash and that's a big part of grime you have to be able to to be able to go back to back with another mc go and watch um lord of the mics i think it might even be lord of the mics one with kano and wiley legendary legendary but he's also got this, this song structure that, that we hadn't really heard from a grime song before then i mean to have a successful album at that time in grime there was about two or three guys even lethal b lethal b is huge and popular now and he's got loads of like really big individual songs he does a lot of, like he did the uncle festa 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 it's called i think that was a real popular but he hasn't got one single album he's been around for 20 years himself he's got unbelievable he's shut down summers where you've always heard a lethal track but he's got no one album kano's arguably got three his latest album hoodies all summer that's the one after made in a manner if it wasn't for made in a manner that one might be one of the best grime albums of all time you just it just can't be because of how important made in a manner was he, he is that good guys he is he's the pool skulls of grime i'm telling you now it's it's really interesting because so one of the things that had put me off a lot of UK hip hop back in probably the late nineties, early thousands was that it just felt like a, like a poor man's version of U- US hip hop. And, and it a was lot of forced just, to be, it didn't right. want to be, it was forced right. to be. That's what labels saw. That's right, what true. money saw. It was yeah, very, yeah. yeah. I totally get that. But, but my point is because of that, because of that drive, you've got all this like US style bragging about, crime and money and blah 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 all that kind of stuff that you get along with all of that a lot of that gangster rap which feels true to the la gangster scene but if you like the stuff that i like in hip-hop is the storytelling and that's where kano seems to be really strong from the listens that i've had so far there's a lot of he talks about his life he talks about his experiences and that's the stuff that really appeals to me in this music yeah and and, and, do you know what that kind of speaks to why Kane is considered so so highly is that is because of that almost versatility because what you're saying isn't not what he done if you listen go back and watch that Lord of the Mites I'm telling you that guy you would think he was you know he, he was Kaiser Soze coming out of East Ham like he was he's not and he, he talks about himself he says like one of his tunes says something about 
you think I'm sweet, but I'm not a sweet boy. And a sweet boy, like obviously he's a good looking guy in it. And so he had a lot of, he was really popular with women. He's very popular with girls and particularly that garage flow, da, 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 like girls love him in it. Mm-hmm. But he's also, he's not just for, there was a particular that time. And I suppose with hip hop, you did a lot of songs. There was a, a big audience for, for that sort of soft R&B hip hop sound. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, the 50 cent times is jar rule time at that era of hip-hop or whatever so he he did make a few there's a tune on there called my girl there's a next tune on there i can't remember what it's called but he makes them sort of lovey-dovey tunes but he's also making that that real authentic or speak that that, 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 that you might want to call it gangster side of it as well as doing the, the like i say i don't want to get the lyric like there's a few guys guys like rich free Two, guys like chipmunk who people will hold as the elite lyricists they might not be the best artists or songwriters or whatever, but in terms of lyrics lyrics for lyrics these guys are the best kano kano will go on any tune with them and come out with the best verse and he's very very under celebrated the, the thing is for somebody to come from and he came from an era and a time where you had all these other huge grime artists but you had this little revolution in east london idris elba was there at that time noel clark was there at that time so you had this little uh, I don't like the word urban. Black <laughs> entertainment creative explosion at the time, and that was due to some of the leisure centres and uh, community initiatives, which allowed a space. And you can't, you cannot eliminate the gangster element of that part of London. There's a very huge, you know, and it's well documented. Wiley was involved in a few tricky situations because there's with with any industry, but the music business included. There's there's going to be a potentially criminal element particularly and the thing about grime is it had not been done before mm-hmm. you know we know that rock was owned by the mafia for so so long as was potentially jazz so it's not unusual to have this but you have this whole new industry 13 millionaires came out of the grime scene grime's been around for not mm-hmm. not even 20 years arguably i was gonna say with so with drill music it's, it's kind of on the scene at the moment is that like a branch of this or is it the direction that that this this type of music is going in or is is it just a one of the the many different types of of modern music that's out now yeah i I kind of see drill as it's it's very different and it's a bit of a development and that's why i say you listen to people like poet they almost want to protect grime because it took so damn long to get grime Mm -hmm. here to have this honest space but like anything in it any counterculture is a young man's game and you have the same thing like I say, you listen to Kano. Kano's talking very retrospectively about shit. We haven't spoken for this amount of time. What were we even arguing about? Look at the bad decisions I made. I should have been there for this person. Not talking about going out raving and, and chatting to Gal and spending much. Do you know what I mean? It's a very so the, the counterculture is a young man's game, and I think it's a natural progression. You could call it a branch. I, I, I there will always be grime, and there's enough. It's been successful enough now, and it's impacted so many people that people will want to make grime. Drill True. is a is a derision. Like you talked about tribe called Quest. It isn't boom bap hip hop, right? But it's still hip hop. And you've got like in America, there's the the not so much, well, not definitely ha- happening now, but it's emergence of mumble rappers like Migos and Lil Yachty, and I don't listen to any of that stuff, but I know it's hip hop. It's just not hip hop for me. Like you know what I mean? I, I'm not, it's not. I'm not, but I'm not a young man. I didn't go out and listen to it. It's a different. You listen to. I'm sure if you listen to like. I know some, I, I can't think of a big rock artist, but you listen to them next to, you know, 20 foot speakers with 3,000 other people <laughs> and you listen to them the first time in your bedroom, you're going to have a different 
feeling for it, right? And that's so. I, 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 the whole drill scene is, is is a young man's game. It's not. It's not for me. But you put on a grime rave and man will be there with all my goons <laughs> and my tracks. <laughs> do Do you think that Do you think that drill is so obviously you talk about grime when you were first getting into it and it's the London scene and and it feels very. That's the thing that I think is that struck me about home sweet home is that it feels like it's him talking about his london experience and his love of london and he he's obviously so passionate about that scene and about the people in that scene do you think that drill is sort of that next wave of the young kids coming through and celebrating their version of of that london scene or is it broader than london i think that what the reason grime is as successful as it is now is because it finally made its way out of london Grime was a London thing, but you got big artists all over the country, people like H. Can you imagine, not in in 2002, this little brother walking up to any rave of me trying to spit bars? That's not happening. But it's it's so much bigger now. It's so inclusive now that you've got guys like that, a uh, guy called JK in Birmingham, sick. So for me, I think Grime is so established that it, it has. It's a bit like hip hop in New York, right? Everyone knows that hip hop came from New York, but the New York don't have rights on hip hop anymore, and that's kind of where grime is. I, I truly think drill is a way of expressing yourself. It's one of them things that grime took so long, and people who established it worked so hard that I think that the doors were probably closed for a little while. So what you have is these long-term established artists who spend all their time trying to pop. Um, and basically wasted three or four or five years trying to do stuff that wasn't grime making pop songs trying to get the bag trying to get some money and then five years later 2010 2012 pop round and our bloody hell people actually like this stuff mm-hmm. people are listening it's not just london and so you've had this time where actually i mean wiley's nearly 40 years old you know what i mean dizzy right. rascal dizzy rascal I don't think he released an album. I think no, he released an album last year. Before that, he hadn't released an album for five years. You've got that early stages who had to do bag of nonsense for six years, seven years to come back and then try and be successful. So you're, you've lost, you've lost 15 years. Right. So the new guys who maybe were and there were a load of MCs who came up just because I was thinking about that. I was thinking after Bashy, who was big in West London, really no one till AJ Tracy. That's 15 right. years. Like, I just yeah. think that it's a way of young guys expressing themselves because when grime became popular, the big dogs still had to eat. Right. <laughs> so you, do you know what I mean? It's a bit of it. It's yeah. a just a tricky scenario. It, it, and it's, it is it parallels with a number. It happened in hip hop. You could say it happened in punk and and, uh, and even Britpop. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of them things because of the economic impact. There was no money here before. This is new money. There's, people didn't make money like this. This whole new industry, new money, new people. It, it's got a stretch, right? And I think that younger guys had to find a, a different way of, of, of separating themselves and getting that money. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I just threw up Dizzy Rascal's back catalogue on Spotify, just have a quick look. And it's really interesting looking at his... So he's got Boy in the Corner and Showtime... And there's a little gap and then there's Maths and English in 2007. And then there's another little gap and then 2011. When you look at the collaborators on those first two albums and they are small names in the grime scene. Small names, I mean, in terms of generally recognised people that anyone who knows music would know. So people like me don't really know 
someone yeah. like Margaman. And then you get to um, Tongue in Cheek, and the first three tracks, Bonkers is Armin van Helden, and Dance With Me, the third track, is Calvin Harris. You've got well-known, huge names there. All of a sudden, you can see that the explosion of, of that scene has pulled in all these big artists who want to get their piece of that and want to be involved. And Damon Albarn as well, with you know the tracks that we talked about, where Kano was on a Gorillaz track, and then damon albarn was on and it wasn't i mean you said i was surprised by it. i think it was more that i just hadn't paid attention to who was i often do this unless i recognize a voice i don't tend to look up who the collaborators are on an album that i'm listening to but the fact that he's on that and then damon albarn and it's really interesting that meeting of minds from two quite originally quite different areas of music where you start to get these crossovers happening yeah i think it's a lot of the well, a lot of the old producers are migrating to this kind of music now. So Damon Albarn's kind of got a rock background. And I've said this before, I think that where where is the energy in music nowadays? Rock music's kind of dead. Guitar music, no one sits around in their garage with a with a guitar anymore. And so these producers are all migrating to this kind of music, which is which is more um it's more relevant. And and, and there's you know, where is the energy? It's it's here. It's not in it's not in the stuff that we used to listen to. That's all that's all gone. But yeah, and then I, I started looking through my CD collection to, to see if I could get a relevant album. And <laughs> the last one I got was Ugly Duckling, Journey to Anywhere, which was like 20 years ago. That's my last, that's the last hip hop album I bought. So I'm, I'm way out of, out of this. It's a, it's a young man's game, as you said. And it is, but I would just uh, maybe to a couple of final recommendations. Obviously, if, if Kano is new to anyone go and do those two albums particularly but hoodies all summer is 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 a, it, it, it it's one of them that will it will improve with time i think because made in a manner was so and i oh, sorry before before i i don't know i'm not saying uh there's a lot of things i thought we might talk about and i'm rambling because i don't want to forget about there's one particular song <laughs> there's one particular song i made in a manner called this is england which is such a oh, flipping brilliant banger. i love that such a banger it's so it's almost it's just weird it's almost patriotic it's, it's a mate that's what he does, he does this thing where he, and you've got to remember there was a there's racial tension right particularly in east london there's they're very very clear black white divide for a long time and almost you call it a black white alliance really in the in the early early 90s or whatever between white working class and black caribbean and this is england just it almost paints that picture so vividly that's what he's got in the locker so do those two albums hoodies all summer is huge and then just go and fall into a rabbit hole of YouTube. Like <laughs> the, the clashing is a key element about grime music that people won't appreciate if you don't see it. And you you would you had to live it. You had to be there and feel the energy. But the next best thing is YouTube. I got lost when I was thinking about what we we're going to do. And some of them clashes and experiences when I talked about people like Heartless and So Solid had huge clashes. You catch little bits of that guy called Dave as well. He just did a Brit Award yeah. uh, performance for, for, the, for the ages. It's proper classic. He's sick. Big. Uh, he's actually used a couple of Dave tunes for my walkout song. Guys, he, won, he won the Mercury, didn't he? He did, he yeah. Game. He did. So, yeah, man, it's so important for British music, in my opinion. We've got very few we've got very few creative ownership in terms of, like, media, I don't think, that are truly, truly British. Like, real w- what is ours that is not anyone else's. And grime is something that we should all be proud of. It is a commentary on, uh, initially, life in 
in London, the late 90s, early 2000s. But really, for young working class kids in that time period is grime. And, and it's something that we should be really proud of and we should protect and we should remember how important it was and how difficult it was. And the, the industry it created for working class people would never have had the opportunity to, to do that, have their voices heard and cemented in history had it not been for grime. Cool. That feels like a good place to stop for now. Definitely think we'll have you back on in the near future to talk yes. about because you've got pretty diverse tastes. I, I think listening to this, a lot of people would think you are really focused just on the kind of grime and hip hop part of the world, but there's a lot of other stuff. So I'd love to love to yeah, come man. on to some of that stuff. And and as as always, I'll put together a Spotify playlist with the stuff that we've talked about, but I'll also include in the podcast description, you'll be able to find a couple of links to uh, to some of the YouTube sessions that Craig's mentioned in this pod. So go and have a listen to those if you've had your curiosity piqued by what we're talking about. Good work, mate. So great. Thanks for coming on, Craig. It's uh, it great to chat to you as always. Those of you who haven't heard Craig before can find him on the Long Snap podcast. Go and listen to some NFL chat. And that's it from us for now. Cheers, guys. Nice one. Thanks for having me on, boys. Cheers. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Might Be Wrong.